University of Minnesota Rochester, this is Beyond the Nest, UMR's alumni podcast. I'm Amber Klein, a content creation specialist here on campus. Later this year, June for many, 2013's college graduates will celebrate their 10-year class reunion. There will be barbecues, socials, and campus tours led by bright-eyed students bedecked in school colors. It will be a time to reconnect and account for the past decade and all its growth and change. It will also be a time to recollect and reminisce on memories from college, classes, tests, professors, and most importantly, friends. Here at the University of Minnesota Rochester, June of 2023, we'll see the first 10-year reunion in school history. As the newest campus within the University of Minnesota system, UMR, as it is widely known, opened its doors to its first class of undergraduate students in the fall of 2009. Against the backdrop of the Great Recession, more than 50 trailblazing students walked through the hallowed halls of the Galleria Mall at University Square, trudged up a rickety escalator to the third and fourth floor of what used to be a movie theater to guinea pig a novel and innovative approach to higher education in the 21st century. Across this season of Beyond the Nest, we dig into the origins of UMR and examine each of the pillars responsible for building our first class of Raptor graduates. So, join us, won't you, as we look at the history of Rochester, the powerful personalities who envisioned a U of M campus in Med City, and peel back the layers of work required to build a university from scratch. University of Minnesota Rochester of 2023 is a central figure in Med City, a moniker given to Rochester, Minnesota as America's most fertile healthcare ecosystem. Once contained to the third and fourth floor of a mall in a space that once served as a movie theater, UMR's footprint is now dotted across an expanding downtown. Relying on intricate and intentional public-private partnerships to address complex housing, classroom, and staff facility needs, UMR collaborates with numerous partners, including the Mayo Clinic, the YMCA, and Destination Medical Center, a 20-year, $5 billion economic development initiative designed to bolster Rochester as a global destination for health and wellness. It is UMR's position as a pillar of contemporary Rochester, which attracts a unique caliber of student interested in pursuing careers in health, science, and medicine. Hovering around 1,000 students, UMR is the most diverse campus within the U of M system. True to its commitment as a land-grant institution, more than 80% of UMR students come from the state of Minnesota, and more than 60% of all UMR students are considered underrepresented, meaning they are either BIPOC, a first-generation college student, or their family is eligible to receive the federal Pell Grant. At the undergraduate level, students come to UMR to pursue one of two degrees offered, a Bachelor of Science in Health Sciences or a Bachelor of Science in Health Professions. The former, a flexible and integrated academic experience exploring various career pathways from patient care to emerging health technologies to the business and leadership of healthcare. The latter being a partnership program with the Mayo Clinic to train students in one of four high-demand career tracks, echocardiography, radiography, respiratory therapy, or sonography. For graduate students, UMR offers master and doctoral degrees in bioinformatics and computational biology, or the study of large data sets found in complex biological systems. 
UMR is a unique experience derived from an innovative approach to the delivery of higher education. Guiding the journey of UMR's diverse student body is the Center for Learning Innovation, or CLI, a single interdisciplinary academic department tasked not only with educating the next generation of healthcare professionals, but expanding the scholarship of teaching and learning as well. In addition to conducting research within their chosen academic discipline, UMR faculty explore the intersection between how a field of study is taught and how a student learns. Applying research and findings from the classroom, UMR's academic approach provides a continuous feedback loop for innovation in the delivery of higher education. This approach has led to cutting-edge programs such as NextGenMed, a partnership with Mayo Clinic and Google Cloud to accelerate and transform the traditional Bachelor of Science degree from a four-year experience to a 2.5-year experience through the adoption of year-round courses and industry-informed curriculum and experiential learning opportunities. A shorter time to degree completion often equals less debt and greater long-term earning potential as alumni. And speaking of which, in the 10 years since the class of 2013 walked across the stage to collect their well-earned diplomas, the UMR alumni community has grown from 52 trailblazers to more than 1,200 dynamic graduates. Raptor alumni have gone on to become physicians, nurses, research scientists, professors, marketers, mental health counselors, data scientists, sonographers, respiratory therapists, and small business owners, just to name a few. They have attended some of the nation's most prestigious and rigorous graduate programs and professional schools. They are employed by some of the best hospital systems in the country and have charted careers across the American healthcare spectrum. While many have chosen to make Minnesota their home, UMR alumni have fanned to more than 30 states and across multiple oceans to forge their own unique journeys. As for things to come here in Rochester, later this year, UMR will begin to write yet another chapter in its growing history with the opening of the new Student Life Center. Formerly the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, a downtown Rochester staple, the new Student Life Center will welcome incoming first years this August. The renovated facility will house more than 400 students and include a dining hall, an admissions welcome center, multicultural space, recreation and wellness facilities, and a pool. And true to UMR's founding principles, the new Student Life Center is a public-private partnership bridging civic, business, and academic leaders to address complex challenges facing higher education, workforce development, and community growth. But where does UMR's story begin? Marilyn Stewart, then Marilyn Delano, first arrived in Rochester in 1953. I grew up in a time when girls could go and be nurses, teachers, or secretaries. And I didn't, didn't want to be secretary, and I knew I couldn't be a nurse because I wasn't good with blood. <laughs> and I knew I enjoyed teaching. I'd been involved with the Girl Scouts and that gave me some of those opportunities. So um, I knew that I was headed in the right direction. Fresh out of college with a degree in nursery school, kindergarten, and primary education from the University of Minnesota in the Twin Cities, Marilyn signed a one-year contract with the Rochester Public School System. Born in Lake City, Iowa, Marilyn moved with her parents to Fairmont, Minnesota as a young girl. 
Marilyn would go on to graduate from Fairmont High School in 1949 and would be the first in her family to attend college. And it was in college at the U of M where Marilyn would discover a passion for teaching and education. Now in Rochester, a bubbling city of 35,000 and home to the renowned Mayo Clinic, Marilyn found herself in front of a class of 18 first graders at Washington Elementary School. While Marilyn only spent a short while in Rochester before getting married in 1954 and heading out east with her husband Jack, then a naval intelligence officer, the city left an indelible impression and one that would ultimately lure her back. While Maryland discovered Rochester, an idyllic town buttressed by a world-class hospital system, the city had come a long way since its founding nearly 100 years earlier in 1854. Carved out of land ceded by the Dakota in the brutal, heavy-handed, and industry-backed 1851 treaties of Traverse de Sioux and Mendota, Rochester first served as a sleepy stop along the way for stagecoaches snaking between St. Paul and Dubuque, Iowa. Founded by Eastern settlers George and Henrietta Head, the city was named after Head's hometown of Rochester, New York. By 1856, Rochester had grown to a population of more than 50 and had been named the seat of Olmsted County by the Minnesota Territorial Legislature. A couple years later, Rochester would officially incorporate and Minnesota would formally join the Union. And in 1864, the Civil War would bring an aspiring young physician named William Worrell Mayo and his burgeoning family to southern Minnesota. Posted to Rochester as an examining surgeon for the Union Army, Dr. Mayo would eventually settle and chart a career in both medicine as well as local politics and public policy. However, on August 21st, 1883, an act of Mother Nature begot a unique and novel collaboration between the Sisters of St. Francis and W.W. Mayo that would eventually become the Mayo Clinic. Struck by what would be now categorized as an F5 tornado, Rochester and its surrounding communities were devastated by a catastrophic cyclone. With scores dead and hundreds of homes and businesses destroyed, Mother Mary Alfred Mose of the Sisters of St. Francis attempted to triage a community in dire straits, compounded by the reality Rochester lacked a hospital. With support from Dr. Mayo and his two sons, William and Charlie, Mother Mary Alfred, with the Sisters of St. Francis deployed as nurses, tended to the victims of the tornado and walked away from the experience convinced Rochester needed the hospital. Approaching Dr. Mayo, Mother Mary Alfred proposed he and his sons run an eventual hospital with the Sisters of St. Francis maintaining their role as nurses. Initially reluctant, W.W. Mayo eventually acceded when Mother Mary Alfred was able to raise enough funds to establish what would become St. Mary's Hospital. Opening in 1889 with 27 beds, St. Mary's Hospital would go from a regional clinic serving 3,000 patients a year in 1892 to more than 20,000 patients a year by 1911, the year Dr. Mayo would pass away at the age of 91. And in 1919, William and Charlie Mayo would transform the Mayo Clinic from a family operation to a not-for-profit organization dedicated to expanding patient care, research, and education. Through the first half of the 20th century, Mayo Clinic would grow from a small but mighty shop on the plains of southern Minnesota to an American institution, producing Nobel laureates, astounding medical breakthroughs, and advancements in the way healthcare is delivered, both visible and otherwise. 
Along the way, Mayo's growth would transform the city of Rochester, and by the end of the 1950s, the city's highly educated and scientifically savvy community would attract a new player on the scene and one who would meld science, technology, and medicine in IBM. After nearly a decade away, first living in Virginia while Jack was assigned to the Pentagon, then Minneapolis while Jack attended the University of Minnesota's School of Dentistry, Marilyn returned to Rochester in 1961. As a young wife and mother to a growing gaggle of children, Marilyn sought to create a life in the city she would go on to irrevocably change. In charting a career, Marilyn, then still very much passionate about education, responded to a call for those who had previous experience as educators in Rochester. However, at her first meeting to discuss the opportunity, Marilyn found herself confronted with a culture still very much rooted in mid-century patriarchy. I was surprised and amazed that one of the members of AUW that I knew said to me, what are you doing here? (laughs) And I said, well, I came to learn about this program. And she said to me, you shouldn't be here taking a job when your husband's a dentist. So I went home that night and I said to Jack, I've got to find something to do that is just me and not reflects on you. In response to the expected dynamics of a 1960s marriage, Marilyn endeavored to carve a career distinct for herself and one in which the community could distinguish from that of her husband's, who at the time had recently opened his own dental practice. Enrolling in real estate courses at the University of Minnesota Rochester Center, Marilyn began her pursuit of a career in realty. Once she earned her realtor's license, Marilyn joined a small firm and began what would be a nearly four-decade-long career. Along the way, she volunteered with the Girl Scouts, joined the Rotary Club, and became a member of the Rochester Chamber of Commerce. In her work with the Chamber of Commerce, Marilyn joined a heretofore male-dominated organization and found herself sitting at the head of the table. It is this positionality which would allow Marilyn the opportunity to begin putting the various pieces in place to transform the U of M small footprint in Rochester into a fully-fledged campus. In 1986, the Rochester Chamber of Commerce pushed forth an idea for the city to envision its needs in the year 2000. At the time, Rochester was a city of 75,000, and many of its citizens were either employed by Mayo Clinic or IBM or happened to be related to someone who was. Called FutureScan2000, the community of Rochester looked at a variety of needs, including downtown development, economic diversification, local government, affordable housing, and of course, higher education. In collaboration with civic, business, and academic leaders and experts, FutureScan2000 set out a series of recommendations for the city of Rochester to enact to prepare the community for the coming millennium. Out of those numerous recommendations, many of which have advanced on their own merits, FutureScan2000 insisted on the formation of an advocacy group to push local and state policy on higher education to better serve the city of Rochester and its growing and diverse workforce and community. 
formally established in 1987, then as the Greater Rochester Area University Center, and now as the Greater Rochester Advocates for Universities and Colleges, or GROUC, as it is known in our town, was charged with better coordinating, monitoring, and promoting higher education in Rochester, and serves as a voice for the community in all matters of higher education. I served on the steering committee for the FutureScan 2000 project, which was the Chamber of Commerce, the Olmsted County, the City of Rochester, and Mayo Clinic and IBM were all involved in this planning. And we developed a, a number of areas where we thought Rochester really needed to focus in the coming years to be prepared for 2000. One of the major areas was, what about higher education? Over the next two decades, Grouk would be instrumental in the development of the University Center Rochester, a collaborative partnership established in the early 1990s between three local institutions, the Rochester Community and Technical College, Winona State University, and the University of Minnesota, as well as a foundational partner in the turn-of-the-century push to transform the U of M's presence in Rochester from a branch to a campus. Grouk had decided that was our focus now, to, to get a U of M branch. And our legislators caught the message, and they talked. We had the best governor we could have had at the time. In January of 2005, the vision for a fully-fledged campus of the University of Minnesota in Rochester received a key endorsement when then-Governor Tim Pawlenty delivered his annual State of the State Address from the Mayo Clinic. Before a packed house, Governor Pawlenty extolled the symbiotic manner at which Rochester can weave science, technology, medicine, business, and education to create a highly fertile environment for innovation and advancement. In that vein, Governor Pawlenty announced his support of and proposal for the creation of a U of M campus in Rochester, including state funding to initiate the project, something that had been missing from earlier attempts. Following a successful and bipartisan push at the state capitol over the spring legislative session, by July of 2005, Governor Pawlenty was able to name and appoint members to the newly created Rochester Higher Education Development Committee. And who should find herself chairing what would be known as RHEDC? Well, none other than Marilyn Stewart. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Nest, UMR's alumni podcast. We'll be back next month where the story of UMR picks up with Rochester civic and business leaders planning for the turn of the century as the concept of a new campus comes into focus. This season of Beyond the Nest is produced by UMR Alumni Relations, written by Marco Lanz, and edited by Dante Fumo. Until next time, I am Amber Klein, and thank you for listening to Beyond the Nest.